denizens of the night. Welcome to another episode of the Macabre, the terrifying. Broadcasting live from the 13th room on the 13th floor, I will be your guide through the witching hours. Tonight, things take a turn for the noir. Our scene opens in black and white, of course, as a taxi comes to a sudden stop in front of a looming hotel, the top of which reaches up toward the overcast sky. Let's linger for a time in the aged halls of this hotel, where secrets and ghosts just can't seem to stay buried. This story is called I Stayed in Room 313 and was written by Dean Smith. The taxi jolted to a stop in front of the hotel, a monolith of grandeur and forgotten glamour. I paid the driver and stepped out, scanning the facade that has stood the test of time hiding within its walls secrets that the city's tried hard to bury. My name is Michael Turner, a detective by trade and obsession. I guess you could call me grizzled, hardened by years of chasing shadows in this unforgiving city. Today, I was to face an enigma that had danced just out of the reach of law enforcement for decades. Room 313. As I walked towards the ornate entrance, Memories of my last failed investigation ambushed me. I blinked against the sudden sting in my eyes. Emily, my partner and the more optimistic half of our duo, was gone. Our last case had taken her away, stolen by a faceless criminal we'd never managed to apprehend. Her loss was a wound, fresh and raw. It had only served to drive my determination deeper, not for revenge, but for justice for answers, and that's what led me to room 313. Check-in was smooth, the concierge barely betraying any surprise as I requested the key to the infamous room. His eyes held a flicker of something, though. Pity? Fear? Didn't matter. I grabbed the keys and headed towards the elevator, the gleaming brass numbers 313 engraved on it, a constant reminder of my purpose. The hallway leading to room 313 was surprisingly mundane, the carpet a dull, nondescript pattern that seemed completely at odds with the stories tied to it. It reminded me of the countless crime scenes I'd been to over the years. The mundane wrapped around the macabre, reality dancing a deadly waltz with the unseen. I slid the key into the lock the door creaking open to reveal a room that had become a character in the city's darkest nightmares. I dropped my bag by the bed, the simple action resonating in the silence. Room 313. How many lives had it claimed? How many stories had it silenced? Each death was a question, each victim a mystery. I stared around, my eyes falling on a picture hanging on the wall. It was an old black-and-white shot of the hotel. The hotel in its heyday, a beacon of opulence and power. Now, 
a monument to death. I moved to the window, staring out at the sprawling cityscape. Lights twinkled. Life moved on, oblivious to the room of death I now occupied. I couldn't help but think of Emily. Would we have cracked this case together? The thought was bitter, the loss immeasurable. After setting my bag down, I began the initial survey of room 313, eyes sweeping across every inch of the room. Every corner, every crevice could hold a clue, a piece of the decades-old puzzle that had eluded so many before me. As I walked deeper into the room, I couldn't shake off the cold draft that seemed to follow me. It wasn't a steady, natural current, but erratic gusts that made the thin curtains flutter like disturbed spirits. I went over to the window, expecting to find it slightly ajar, but it was sealed shut, the paint around the edges thick and uncracked. The chill wasn't coming from the outside. It was emanating from within the room itself. There was a peculiar hum in the air, a low, throbbing vibration that tickled the back of my skull. It was almost imperceptible, drowned out by the muted sounds of the city below. But in the quiet moments, between the distant honks of traffic and the occasional murmur of hotel staff in the corridor, I could hear it, persistent and unyielding. Next came the lights. They flickered with a life of their own, dancing shadows across the walls in a haunting ballet. Initially, I chalked it up to the hotel's old wiring, but there was a rhythm to it, a pattern that sent shivers down my spine. They seemed to react, dimming when I ventured towards certain corners, brightening when I approached others. And then there were the noises, soft whispers that drifted through the room, incoherent but palpable, a sudden clattering like something metallic dropping on the floor, even though nothing seemed out of place. The distant sound of a child's laughter, chilling in its mirth. None of it made sense, yet all of it sent my nerves on edge. I spent hours documenting everything. The cold drafts, the lights, the sounds. My recorder never left my side, a faithful companion that captured the eerie symphony of room 313. Yet, as I sat on the edge of the ancient bed, the weight of the room's history pressing down on me, I felt a flicker of doubt. Could I really do this? Could I solve a mystery that seemed more rooted in the supernatural than the physical? As darkness fell and the strange noises of room 313 grew louder, I slipped into a fitful sleep. With it came the dreams, though dreams feels too soft a word. These were nightmares, woven from the tragic tapestry of Room 313's history. Each night, I found myself in a different era, witnessing events that I knew were reenactments of the murders that had made Room 313 infamous. I was there, but not as myself, rather an invisible bystander, forced to watch the horror unfold with a grim helplessness. One night, I stood in the room as it was in the 1940s. I watched in horror 
as a woman in a flapper dress was strangled by an unseen force. Her terrified eyes locked onto mine as she clawed at her throat, her gasps for air growing weaker until they were no more. Another night, I was back in the 1960s. A businessman was pacing nervously in the room. Suddenly, the lights went out, and when they flickered back, his lifeless body lay sprawled on the floor, his eyes wide open in an eternal state of fear. Each dream was a horrific puzzle piece, a chilling glimpse into the atrocities that Room 313 had witnessed. They weren't just dreams. They were echoes of the past, reaching out to me, pleading with me to uncover the truth. While they provided crucial insights into each murder, they also took a heavy toll on my mental health. I'd wake up in cold sweats, my heart pounding, the echoes of their final screams still lingering in my ears. Each morning was a struggle to pull myself together, to remind myself of the task at hand, of the justice these souls deserved. The boundary between sleep and wakefulness started to blur, and the shadows of room 313 seemed to creep into my consciousness even during the day. The constant whispering, the flickering lights, and the recurring nightmares began to gnaw at my sanity. My hands shook as I pored over my notes, the victims' faces merging into one another, their terror becoming my own. The distinction between night and day began to blur in room 313, as the supernatural happenings became my reality. The room, like an entity in its own right, started revealing itself to me. Ghostly apparitions began to manifest during my waking hours, their ethereal forms flickering in and out of existence like phantoms caught in a limbo between the past and the present. A spectral woman in a flapper dress would point to a hidden compartment under the bed, leading me to a pearl necklace, her eyes filled with a desperate plea. The translucent figure of the businessman from the 60s would appear near the window, his hands reaching out towards the view outside, where a long-forgotten sign revealed the name of his company. Each apparition led me towards clues, their spectral guidance a chilling beacon in the darkness. As I pieced together their stories, their ties to room 313, an eerie pattern began to emerge. The victims, all from different eras, shared one commonality, their birth dates. Strangely enough, it was the same date as mine, a chilling coincidence that sent a shiver down my spine. It was as if Room 313 had chosen me, not just to reveal its secrets, but also to tie me into its deadly narrative. It seemed impossible, surreal even, but the evidence was right there. Birth certificates, diaries, newspaper clippings, all painting a chilling picture of shared fates and cursed timelines. It was like a dark thread spun from the loom of destiny, binding us all to room 313. My heart pounded in my chest as I sat amidst the clues, the links, 
the ghostly echoes of shared birthdays. I couldn't help but wonder what it meant. Was I just another character in this twisted tale, my fate tied to room 313, just like the victims before me? Or was I here to break the cycle, to finally shed light on the dark enigma that had claimed so many lives? As I delved deeper into the mystery of room 313, an undercurrent of unease grew stronger, wrapping itself around the room like a chilling shroud. The once benign whispers turned into menacing growls. The temperature dropped dramatically, and an ominous feeling of being watched began to haunt me. One afternoon, as I was flipping through a victim's diary, the room's chandelier began to swing violently, almost as if in protest. Before I could react, the heavy fixture plummeted down, crashing onto the spot where I was sitting seconds ago. The close call left my heart pounding in my chest, my mind grappling with the reality of the danger I'd narrowly avoided. The very next day, while I was studying the faded pictures of the victims, an icy gust of wind whipped through the room, extinguishing the lights. The darkness was suffocating, impenetrable. A floorboard creaked, followed by the muffled sound of an approaching entity. I held my breath, feeling an intangible presence closing in. As a searing pain shot through my arm, I ignited my flashlight, revealing a shard of glass slicing into my skin. A mere second later, and it could have pierced my heart. Each encounter with the room's vengeful spirits left me with a chilling realization. The ghosts of 313 were growing more hostile. Their spectral warnings had turned into lethal threats. It was as if they were warning me off, their spectral forms forming deadly traps around each clue I discovered. But why? Why didn't they want me to solve the mystery? Weren't they crying out for justice, their stories begging to be heard? The malevolent resistance puzzled me, only fueling my determination to seek the truth. While going through a trunk filled with old photographs, I stumbled upon an aged black-and-white picture of a grand party. It was held in room 313, which was far more opulent and lively than its present state. At the center of the revelry stood a distinguished man, no doubt the hotel's founder, surrounded by well-wishers. The back of the photograph bore the date, the same birth date that connected me, the founder, and the victims. An unsettling realization dawned upon me. Room 313 was where the hotel's founder, who also shared our peculiar birth date, held his grand birthday celebrations. But amid the joy and laughter, a dark cloud loomed, a tragedy that would forever taint these walls. In a dusty, forgotten corner of the room, I found a secret drawer camouflaged in the intricate woodwork. It held a leather-bound journal, its pages brittle with age. The script inside revealed the chilling past of room 313. The entries were from the hotel's founder, documenting his life and, more importantly, his birthdays. One entry in particular 
was smudged by what looked suspiciously like dried tears. It told a harrowing tale of a birthday party gone horribly wrong. An act of betrayal that ended in a bloody feud, resulting in several deaths, all born on the shared date. The founder himself, guilt-ridden and desolate, met a tragic end within the cursed walls of room 313. A chill ran down my spine. That was the genesis of the curse. The room, steeped in the guilt and fury of the bloody birthday event, became a vengeful entity, forever haunted by its past. It was as if the spectral energies were anchored to that fatal event, repeating the cycle of death on the shared date. And here I was, another soul born on the cursed day, standing amidst the spectral remnants of the past. I was targeted, drawn into this macabre dance of death and hauntings, by a date that was supposed to be a cause for celebration. Armed with my newly discovered evidence, I marched to the hotel's management office. The door to the manager's office was imposing, heavy mahogany that spoke of the grandeur this place once held. I knocked, and the door creaked open, revealing a man hunched over a mountain of paperwork. Detective Turner, what can I do for you? He said, barely glancing up from his desk. I tossed the worn-out journal onto his desk. Explain this, I said, my voice cutting through the silence. He looked startled, his eyes widening as he picked up the old book and leafed through its brittle pages. His face went pale as he read, but he quickly regained his composure. Yes, I am aware of the room's history, he admitted, choosing his words carefully. The tragic events that took place there are a sad part of this hotel's past. But you didn't think it necessary to inform me of this, I retorted, anger flaring in my voice. That room is cursed. It's a death trap for those born on a specific date. My birthday. I, I assure you, detective, we had no knowledge of this birthday curse, he responded though his gaze wavered, hinting at deceit. We thought the hauntings were just uh, urban legend. But the clues added up differently. The man was lying. The hotel had been capitalizing on the room's morbid history, using it as a selling point to attract guests who were intrigued by the supernatural. I slammed my hand on the desk, causing him to jump. You exploited the victim's suffering for profit. You knowingly put people in danger. And for what? A few extra bucks? He looked at me then, a hint of remorse flickering in his eyes. But he said nothing. Instead, he bowed his head in guilty silence. The confrontation left a bitter taste in my mouth. I had uncovered the truth, a truth the hotel management had chosen to ignore, Room 313 wasn't just a paranormal oddity, it was a deadly trap. As I stood before Room 313, its dark aura seemed to pulsate with unseen energy, as if awaiting my return. My heart pounded in my chest as I pushed open the door, stepping into the room that had now become an all-too-familiar haunting ground. With the room's secrets unveiled, 
the atmosphere felt more oppressive than before. The walls, stained with untold pain and sorrow, seemed to close in on me. But I squared my shoulders, fortified my resolve, and spoke into the silent gloom. I know what happened here. I know about the curse. A cold wind swept through the room, sending shivers down my spine. Shadows danced around the corners, forming spectral silhouettes of the victims. I continued. I know you're all victims. Victims of a horrendous betrayal. I promise you, I will bring justice to your untimely deaths. The response was immediate. A surge of paranormal activity washed over me. Ethereal figures appeared, their ghostly faces contorted in pain and anger. One, more solid than the rest, stepped forward, the Founder. His spectral eyes, full of torment, bore into mine. We seek peace! His voice echoed through the room, a chilling sound that seemed to come from every direction. Can you offer us that, Detective? I can, and I will, I responded, holding his spectral gaze. But I need your help. I need to know everything. A moment of silence passed before the room convulsed violently. The chandelier swayed, lights flickered, and a cold gust blew around me, turning into a vortex. I felt the room closing in on me, the darkness creeping over my senses. No! I shouted above the cacophony, the room shaking as if the very foundation of the hotel was rebelling against me. I won't be your next victim! I'm here to help you! With every ounce of strength I had left, I pulled myself towards the door, fighting against the unseen forces trying to keep me in. The door handle was ice cold, numbing my fingers. I yanked it open and tumbled outside, gasping for breath. As I lay on the corridor's carpeted floor, the room settled and the door slammed shut. The final showdown had been draining, the room testing my resolve and nearly claiming me in the process. The following days were a blur of restless activity. I pored over every bit of evidence I'd gathered from Room 313, cross-referencing with public records and local news archives. A daunting puzzle began to piece itself together, painting a bleak picture of a hotel exploiting its dark history for profit. I arranged a press conference. The thought of standing in front of the media, my words echoing in their microphones, sent a shiver down my spine. But the victims deserved their stories to be heard. As the cameras began to roll and the reporters hushed, I took a deep breath and began. Ladies and gentlemen, I stand before you today not just as Detective Michael Turner, but as a spokesperson for the forgotten souls of the hotel's room 313. I told them everything. The birthday curse, the victims, the spectral encounters, and most importantly, the hotel management's role in exploiting the tragedy. Their silence told me they were shocked, but I could also see the wheels turning, connecting the dots. After the press conference, I confronted the hotel management once again, 
This time, I had the eyes of the public on my side. You've played with lives, disregarded the dead, and for what? I spat out, slamming the damning evidence on his desk. A bit of profit, a small thrill. The manager, pale and shaken, had no choice but to accept responsibility. We... We'll take steps to correct this, to remember the victims properly, he stammered, his previous arrogance long gone. The hotel was forced to address its haunting past. Room 313 was sealed, with a plaque put up in memory of the victims, acknowledging their unjust demise. A promise of reform was made to prevent further exploitation of the paranormal events within the hotel. As I left the hotel for the last time, I glanced back at room 313. There was a silence, a sense of relief that seemed to resonate from it. The victims were no longer a tragic tale spun for profit. Their memories were respected, their stories heard. I felt a weight lift off my shoulders. I'd carried their stories, their hopes for justice, and we had won. As I walked away, the haunting echoes of Room 313 seemed quieter, softer, a step towards peace, towards redemption, for them and for me. It sounds like the darkness of the city will rest a little softer tonight. I have a real weakness for cool noir detectives. There's just something so stylish about mystery in a noir film or story. The main characters always seem to be able to puzzle things out, even when they're in danger or almost dead. Well... How about you? Would you put it all on the line to put a room full of ghosts to rest? Well, I guess it kind of depends on the ghosts and the room, doesn't it? If you enjoyed this story, please check out the author's other work in the links below, including a YouTube channel with a quite frightening short horror film called Night Terror. But before you go, won't you like this video and subscribe to hear more stories like this one? And whatever you do, stay out of room 13 and don't fall asleep. <laughs>